Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Let's do it live, everybody, on a beautiful Wednesday evening. This is the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Ali Faisal. I'm coming at you live from Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina. Join with me, as always, on beautiful Boise, Idaho. We've got Dustin. Um, obviously, a really, really tough show to do tonight. Um, we were all kind of blindsided today with the news that Deshaun Watson is now out for the season, um, which seemingly came out of nowhere. Um it's gonna be a tough show, Dustin. And I know that this is going to throw us from what we had planned on initially you know we were we were getting on this podcast tonight talking about gearing up for Pittsburgh and what this means going into this game and now our world is completely flipped upside down we are going to have a conversation that we didn't think we were going to have to have um but that's okay you know the rest of the league was the Kobe the Kobe quote nobody cares work harder um nobody's going to feel bad for you it is what it is and we are Mm -hmm. going to have to live with it so we're going to do that tonight we're going to talk about it um and we've got a an absolutely jam-packed show for you tonight. We're really excited. Um, so be sure to stay tuned. We've got a new segment coming at you tonight called the Medical Minute, um, where we are going to have an actual doctor on the show tonight uh, to talk about injuries related to the Cleveland Browns. And unfortunately, there are, are, are quite a few to talk about. But Dustin, I'm going to turn it over to you. How you feeling? Well, you know, you go. I think being a Browns fan is like a roller coaster. You get on. Hang on, buckle up, because you don't know what tomorrow morning is going to bring. And I woke up this morning, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But before we get into that, I just want to say some thoughts and prayers to the families that were in the bus accident. Um, And, you know, that was kind of, it made the national news, obviously. But uh, that's a neighboring community to where I grew up. I went to Sandy Valley High School. They are are Tusky Valley. They are five minutes down the road. Um, Yeah. So absolutely want to take a moment here to... um, extend our thoughts and prayers to, to the victims, families, to the community. Um, this is a tight knit community. Uh, I yeah. mean, small town, Ohio, I mean, Valley strong. This is, this hits very, very close to home. So thoughts and prayers to that community. And it's, it's, it's devastating. Um, yeah. what happened in, it was in ter- Tusky, Tusky Valley. Yeah, it was just, just a freak type of accident, you know, that happened. And unfortunately there was kids involved and, uh, adults, but yeah, we just, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, and hopefully that they are, you know, and everybody's thoughts and prayers in Ohio and across the country tonight. So as I mentioned off the top here, uh, we got a jam packed show for you tonight, but before we, we formally kick it off with our first segment, uh, I want to talk about our friends over at stadium mustard guys. If you don't have stadium mustard in your kitchen this season, you are doing it wrong. The iconic brand, the iconic taste It is beloved from ballparks to backyards and everywhere in between stadium mustard is a smooth brown mustard rich in both taste and tradition. It is loved by millions, so be sure to head on over to stadiummustard.com to shop now. Um, and before, real quick, one more thing before we get into our interview uh, with a doctor, a doctor, um, we've got to talk to you about our friends over at Lorello. Um, Dustin, you can get your hands on, in my opinion, the best wine that you can absolutely get in Northeast Ohio. Um, yeah. They've got the official Here We Go Brownies wine, um, so be sure to head on over to the heart of Grand River Valley in Geneva, Ohio. You can get their old world inspired blends. So the grapes are grown in Northeast Ohio. Um, they were voted best winery uh, on the Cleveland hot list in 2020. So check them out at lorellovineyards.com or head on over to their location in Geneva. With that, 
Let's go out on the line. This is the Medical Minute brought to you by Lorello Vineyards. We've got Dr. David Ullery, who also happens to be my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> he's an orthopedic surgeon and also the light of my life. Do or, David, how are you doing? Hello. Hey, everybody. Allie, Dustin, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, I've been listening or watching in every week for over a year now, and I never thought I'd actually be a part of it. So this is an honor. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We are honored. We are honored. So let's get into it. David, talk to us. We, we know that today has been kind of a whirlwind with Deshaun Watson. We wake up to the news that he is out for the season. Tell us what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously that's the big elephant in the room is the Deshaun Watson injury. And, uh, you know, a lot of questions surrounding, is this related to the prior injury week three when he hurt himself with the same shoulder? You know, you had mentioned after the game that he left the field in a walking boot. And so I got out of surgery today and saw a text from you saying, done for the season. And I thought, the ankle and you're like no shoulder and so um basically it sounds like the story is he got the mri for his ankle uh confirmed high ankle sprain but then he was complaining of shoulder pain as well which was different than his initial injury back in week three so he asked for an mri or evaluation of the shoulder and it turns out that he has a fracture of the glenoid um so the glenoid is the the socket of the shoulder joint it's a ball and socket joint more like a golf ball and a golf tee it's very shallow and if you imagine you break off any portion of a, <laughs> uh, yes, I am Jason. Um, if you break off any portion of a, <laughs> if you break off any portion of a golf tee, um, the ball is going to fall off immediately. And so similarly, if you fracture through the glenoid of the shoulder joint, it's going to become very unstable. And so he was still able to complete the game. I mean, amazingly going 14 for 14 in the second half with a fracture in his shoulder. So what that tells us is it was probably in the back part of the shoulder because when you throw a football, you, you put strain on the front part and then you would likely dislocate, which would be more like what Baker had in his non-throwing injury. So his mm. was probably more in the back and it likely came from the hit um, with Patrick Queen sandwiching him between another Ravens player. And so he was able to complete the game, one, because it wasn't unstable at the time, but two, also adrenaline and just kind of getting through yeah. that part of the game. And so he states, hey, I want to play through this. Give me an injection. I'm good to go. The doctors say no because it's a displaced fracture, which means there's a gap between the fracture itself. And so if he continued to play through the rest of the season, that gap, that gap is going to get bigger, and then he's going to get arthritis, and he won't mm -hmm. be able to throw the ball two years from now. And so – it's a requirement to fix this. It's part of his joint. It's part of the cartilage. And if he didn't fix it, he's going to have a worn out shoulder. And five years from now, he would need a shoulder replacement. And so it makes sense to preserve him because he's a large investment for the team and the organization. And so fix this now so that week one next year, he's ready to go. And so uh, timeline for recovery, it's a bone injury. And we always know that bone is usually a better injury than soft tissue. So bone on average takes six to eight weeks to heal. And so you immobilize him, only do range of motion for those six to eight weeks, and then he can get back to strengthening, throwing the ball, and kind of progress up from there. But either way, I mean, that's six to eight weeks from now, so he won't be back for the rest of the season, unfortunately. And so I guess I, my question for you, David, is, is that why they said the surgery needs to be done immediately? Because of it could get deteriorated and get worse as it progresses. And so they're like, no, we're shutting him down right now and doing that surgery so he can get healed and not do any more damage. It sounds like based on that. Yep, absolutely. I mean, whether it's a, a wrist or an ankle or a, a femur, we, we always try to fix a broken bone within two to three weeks because beyond that time, the body starts to try and heal it. And so if the glenoid heals in the wrong position, it's already going to create problems. And so the sooner right. you fix it, the sooner he gets to recovery and the more likely he's going to have a good outcome. 
Yeah. So talk to us about the the toughness of Deshaun Watson. I know a lot of people were saying, well, he should kind of suck it up and go out there anyways. That's not really possible with this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, toughness, um, I mean, you can't even begin to describe it for a situation like this because I told Allie at halftime or going into the second quarter when we saw the 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 ankle twisting injury, I said, he may not come back out in the third quarter. That's a high ankle sprain, and that's going to be tough to deal with. And yet he came out, and then we learned after the fact that he had a, a glenoid fracture as well. And so there's no doubt that he – it wasn't just a show. He wasn't just faking it. Like, he uh, put on his – tough face, if you will, and just gritted down and went through it. And so um, I have no doubt about his toughness right now. And he wants to continue to play. He's, he's trying to prove a point and say like, I am here, I'm ready to go. And this is, this is a legitimate injury that um, is going to be more painful now than it was on Sunday. And so there's no doubt. I have no doubt about his toughness and his ability to withstand that. But again, this is more for his long-term health and just as a human being to preserve his shoulder, even when he's done with football. Right. So, so in, in other news, uh, to get off of that and quickly go through this, Nick Chubb had his second surgery yesterday. Talk to the listeners. Why did Nick Chubb have to have two surgeries? What does that mean for his recovery? Absolutely. So, yeah, it, we, we call it a stage procedure. So they knew going into this first surgery that he was likely going to need a second surgery. At the time of injury, and when I saw it live and the way his knee bent, I said there's no way it's just his MCL. And I know that was the initial report. But knowing he had a prior ACL injury, and would likely um, sustain a similar injury in that um, mechanism. Um, I'm not surprised by this. And so the first surgery, they fixed his medial meniscus, his MCL, and part of the capsule of the knee joint too. So this is a pretty significant injury. Um, We come back six to eight weeks later and reconstruct his ACL. And the reason we do that is if we do all that surgery at one time, knee joint's going to get really stiff um, and he's going to have a poor outcome. And so we stage it so that we get it somewhat stable, get him in a brace, get him in therapy, get his range of motion back, get the swelling down, come back six to eight weeks later and fix the ACL or reconstruct it. And now we can complete a surgery. And so it's staged. We do that a lot of times with multi-ligament knee injuries. Um, and in terms of his timeline for recovery, I would anticipate, I mean, we always say for ACLs alone, a year to return to sport. And I mean, we're in November right now, but I mean, obviously Nick's going to be very motivated in terms of getting back to this. And so my best guess, especially that today or yesterday was his second surgery is I would I would anticipate seeing him back in October next year. Um, You know, certainly if things are accelerating and go really well, you might see him for September, first game of the year. But I would say October is probably a more um, likely scenario, especially given this is his now third surgery on that knee. Good to know. We all just learned so much. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Dr. David. Thank you. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Go Browns. Go Browns. That is Dr. David Ullery, and that uh, the Medical Minute was brought to you by our good friends over at Lorello Vineyards. Before we bring on our next guest, this interview with Browns legend Leroy Horde is brought to you by our good friends over at Circle K. fans, get ready for a sizzling sensation that's about to heat up your taste buds. Circle K is bringing you a hot deal this football season. Introducing Circle K's Hot Chicken Wings. And the best part, the price is as hot as the wings themselves. Pick up six wings for just $5.99 at your local Circle K today. So what are you waiting for? Gather your friends, your family, and anyone else who craves the ultimate wing experience. Circle K, where every deal is hotter than ever before. Here we go, Brown. Only at Circle K. Let's bring him on. We've got Leroy Horde on the line. Leroy, how's it going? What's happening? Thanks for taking the time. This is fun. Like, I really shouldn't be this emotional about football, but some kind of way these damn Browns sucked me in. They sucked (laughs) me in, and, 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 and I finally 
after yelling at the TV all year, yelling at Kevin Stefanski to run the ball more, right? Hoping Deshaun Watson can play five weeks in a row so he can get some consistency, some continuity, and get back. Because the only way you're going to get back to what you were is repetition, right? right? Consistent play, consistent situations. He's been getting banged up, which I can't, like, you know, one of the hardest things in, in here's what was one of the hardest things I had to do every year. Every year, you know, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want the running backs taking un, any unnecessary hits. We had to go into a preseason game, and I had to say to the coach, I need about 10 or 15 carries today. I need to learn how to fall. I need to learn how to take hits. I need to know how to get my body right to hit. And I got to do that before the season. That's something you can't go through at the beginning of the season. Right. So many athletes today think that they can just do these things when the season starts. And a lot of times you see a lot of unfortunate injuries or guys just looking really bad because they haven't gone through that. And when we were very accustomed to going through that in camp. So I see a lot, I see a lot of that. But for Deshaun, just finally seeing, you know, a glimpse of what he was and how everybody kind of rallied behind him and the stones that he showed playing hurt. Do you understand if Deshaun could have came back this following week, that means now he's got everybody in that locker room because they saw him do Deshaun Watson things. Right. You know, it's one thing to say that's Deshaun Watson. It's another thing to see Deshaun Watson be that guy that you've seen from across the room or on the other side of the field. And finally, we got a glimpse of it. And so it's unfortunate. Um, I, I really wish people would understand just by what he did and what he went through and continue to play with it. Now you got to go back and give him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning of the year when everybody was saying, oh, well, the coach said the doctor cleared him and he was this, he was that. Never, ever, ever. And I hate... I will fight every fan in the country that looks at a guy and looks at a player and says he should play with that. You don't know. You know, you don't know what that guy is experiencing. You don't know just because they put a name on the injury doesn't necessarily mean that that's it. You know, you have an ankle injury and then you try to run on that ankle and your knee and hip hurt. Like you just, it's, it's a complicated thing. So, to sit here and try to determine on your butt what a guy can play with is really unfair to that professional. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good point. Um, and at this point in the game, Leroy, I know a lot of fans. We need to probably take a day or two to kind of grasp what this means mm-hmm. for the for the team and go through the grieving process because. Man, this is a really big blow to your team and the organization and really the trajectory that you thought that they were going to be on, especially, especially after that performance, especially in the yes. second half, 14 to 14, and what he did to be able to, man, just be the Deshaun Watson of old to go win that game in Baltimore. Right. So come back from 14 you, down yeah. and and yes. I mean, it's vintage. So my question for you is. What does the team do going forward? I mean, obviously, we know that DTR is going to be the starter. Yep. Um, we've got P.J. Walker. We know what we have in those guys. And I think that setting DTR up with a game plan 
Um, he's a little more win. athletic. He's a little right. more athletic. He can get you mm-hmm. maybe some, some you know, off-schedule plays, you know, a little more of that. But here's the thing. See, one of the things you have to appreciate, right, Deshaun Watson played great for a half. Mm-hmm. He was okay before then. What that offensive line and the running game and the defense has done, I'm not discrediting any of that and saying because a quarterback played one great half of football that now that means the season's over. I ain't giving right. up yet. No, I'm not. I'm not that easy, mm-hmm. right? And I'm and I would hope that this team and these guys have done enough on the football field for you to not give up hope just because. A guy who played two, uh, one decent half of football, right, is gone. And this is not taking – because I'm a Deshaun Watson fan, and what I saw, the first thing that came to mind was, we can get him for three or four weeks and build on this, then we got something. Right? That being said, the way the defense played, the way they shut down Lamar Jackson, come on. The way that offensive line – after getting juggled around and juggled around, the way the running backs have played, the wide receivers in Joku, I'm not. Oh, I'm that that team. Like that's too much talent. I'm not just giving up like that, right? And and so for people to say, oh no, it's over because Deshaun Watson's hurt. No man, you know in the past, in the past you could say that about one player on the Browns team, if it was you know important enough player mm-hmm. but can you say that with the way the whole team is played mm-hmm. are they gonna be as good no right but i ain't giving up hope because i've seen what that defense has done to some of the great offensive weapons in this game and have just shut them down well they, they, had, they had lamar jackson on his heels which is unbelievable Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you think about it, someone like Lamar Jackson was coming into that game with the best uh, completion ratio uh, mm-hmm. in the entire league, the entire league. Right. right. And right. for them to figure out and adjust and do the things they were to him. And I think we have sometimes amnesia. Like, I think anybody would have said that P.J. Walker and the Browns are not going to beat San Francisco at home. And it's a 10 point underdog. But guess who didn't not believe that? The Cleveland Browns in that locker room, they they believed they they thought they could win that game. And they went out and showed everybody like, well, you don't believe in us, but we believe in ourselves. So I agree, Leroy, you bring up a good point. They're not going to just turn over and be like, oh, we're done. Season's over. Oh, well, me, you know, or whatever. They're going to be like, no, we've come too far and we've already faced so much adversity. I think the team just gets more galvanized and stronger, in my opinion. I mean, here's a team that dealt with. In week two, a Nick Chubb out for the season, right? I think most fans would right. say, okay, pack it in. Okay, okay, no, no problem. Oh, wait, now we lost our quarterback, and now we have P.J. Walker. Right. And then all of a sudden, so And Jack Conklin, team, by the way, our yeah, Pro Bowl right. Uh, right tackle. Yeah, so yeah, I look at it as this team is playing more, and I, Ali and I brought this up on previous shows, and you've been a part of a lot of teams, Lori, but I feel like this team, team is more of a team than I've seen other Browns teams. They are really a unit and they rally around each other. And that's why when they were even down by 14, they never gave up hope. 
Here, here's what I yeah. Here's what I would say. That there's three guys that have been added, and and I'm I'm not including any players, or I include one player, but the two D tackles, right, have made it so much easier for Miles Garrett, right, because there's pressure up the middle, and in years past. They let the two outside guys rush, and they run right down the throat, right? This yep. was happening for the Browns, and, and, and they couldn't get there. Now there's pressure up the middle. So now when that quarterback sees the outside rush and he steps up, there's nowhere to go, all right? But even more important, Jim Schwartz, Bill Callahan, and Deshaun Watson. You added those three guys, and it has changed the culture of your team. The way that defense plays, right? It's damn near the same talent, guys. Why are they so different now? The attitude, the standard in which they play defense has been raised to a level where now they go on the field and demand it of each other, right? It's amazing. When you look at that offensive line, how many times in the last couple of years, oh, Conklin's out, we don't, oh, who are we going to put in? It's, It's this, it's that. They don't miss a beat. They still run the football. So the attitude of that offensive line has changed. And then you have Deshaun Watson come in. And I know it's been a little shaky, right? But I got to tell you, you hear anybody say anything bad about Deshaun Watson? They all follow him. And 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 that's the, a first in a while that a guy on offense can go into a locker room at that position and have everybody's undivided attention, right? I mean, Baker had some of that, but at times everybody thought it was about Baker, right? Not about the team. And so those guys have come in there and the same exact guys have played a different level of football. And so I think there's enough guys that recognize how they're supposed to play and the standard in which they play, that they can keep that going. And and so it, it'll be, you know, it's been a while since I've watched Browns football and felt before the Deshaun Watson injury, this confident about this team. Yeah. Because, you know, this is, this is a Browns fan, you know. Oh, the team played well, but uh, you know it's coming. <laughs> Right? How many you, you, you just know that's 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 what I hear. Yeah. And and I didn't hear any of that. No. They're like, wow, the way the defense is playing, the way the secondary is getting turnovers, the way the offensive line is blocking, even when guys hurt, the way the running backs look, those guys aren't Nick Chubb. But are they being productive? Absolutely. And so that's the thing you have to look forward to now. Yeah. Are no, they gonna you're, be you're... as 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 productive, maybe not. But can we have success? Absolutely. You can't replace Nick Chubb, right? And no. I don't think we can go into this now at this point in the season and say you can replace Deshaun Watson because you can't. Right. I mean, these are these are players with very specific skill sets. Yeah. Very few in the league can do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that there were some question marks surrounding what Deshaun Watson can do, given the rust, the injuries, what have you. But nonetheless, he's uh, he's very talented, um, not discounting that. But I, I guess my, my question to you, Leroy, is, the confidence that you have in whether it's DTR or PJ, um, let's just 
hypothetically speaking here, that they don't bring in a Nick Foles, they don't bring in a, oh, a Matt God, Ryan no. or no. anybody like no. that. Just let's just say they roll out the rest of the season with the guys on this roster. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you with that? Here's what I'm more comfortable in. I'm more comfortable that the coaching staff got a dry run on what it's going to look like and how to make mm-hmm. adjustments. Mm. Right? Like, let's not just look at the players. It's the coach's job to put the players in a position to be successful. They got a dry run of, oh, we ain't going to do this again. Right? So yeah. maybe while we're looking at the players, why don't we look at the coaching staff who also got an extensive look at what these guys can do? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if the er, earlier in the season – they were getting the offense ready for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And not necessarily game planning for what DTR or uh, PJ Walker could do. You, you see what I'm saying? They were setting up plays and, 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 and things of that nature. Now, they know Deshaun Watson's out for the year. We have to come up with a game plan. And we have to design stuff that fits the skill set of these two guys. And as as far as as far as sign, look, I hate to tell people, right? There's a reason why these guys are sitting at home. They ain't sitting at home waiting for the best opportunity because what is the hardest position in the world to fill? Quarterback. And there's a bunch of teams right now that that are out with with a with one of those finders on the sand trying to find a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. for anybody who thinks they could just name a name and have that guy come in and be able to play to that name at 37 plus, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> Don't stop that. Let's just get him in. Let's just bring no. Well, there's only one. There's only one. There's only one. It's there's one. Plus, there's <laughs> no. one if, if they called no. him up. No, absolutely not. No. Like I don't know what, what like you you you're at this point you would be signing a name and not a player. That's and so you need to cut that out. Cut it out. No, stop. Let's be real. Okay? And you can mention Tom Brady, you can mention all these guys. You know who's undefeated? Father Time. You see that commercial <laughs> with Emmitt Smith and and, Re- and 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 Randy Moss and all them guys saying let's make a comeback? That's what it looks like. That's real. Father yeah. Time is undefeated. Stop yeah. trying to say we're gonna come back. Oh, he could just come back and not do what? And not do what? One of the reasons why they out of the league now because they were throwing it to the other team too damn much. All of them except for Tom Brady. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I think that's that's probably the exception. Um, and I, I don't think forty six. Right? No, I know, but I'm just saying. My point being is, you can't you can't replace the player that you had. Right. Um, you can't re- and not only replacing right. the player, Leroy, but all of the off season preparation that w- that went into the season. Right. The offensive philosophy, right. playing to his skill set, who he is as a player, right. the the scheme. You can't change that at this point in the season. We're already beyond halfway here. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We've got to roll out with the personnel we have. Now, hearing Andrew Barry's press availability today, he did mention they do anticipate bringing in a third quarterback. 
You have to have it. Depth, we he'll under, be we young. Understand that. He'll, he'll be yes. young. He'll be less than 30. I think we need to, we need to pump the brakes as a fan base saying that Tom Brady is going to come save the franchise because it's not really? happening. It's not happening. Well, really? Well, you think Tom Brady is going to bring? No, 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 no. That's what everybody's no, no. saying. That's what everybody's right. saying on Twitter. That's crazy. On as, we, we need as to much, get off of that. As much as I love what Tom Brady has done in his career, right? Okay. It. No. Like no. Like what? What we can't. First, first of all, you have to understand. Okay. Let's just just let's just think of it this way. How long are you going to think it's going to take him to pick up that, the offense? Okay? Mm-hmm. How long do you think it's going to take him to get in halfway decent football shape? It's already November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about getting to the middle of December? What's your record going to look like? By the time you get there, right? Right. So I take my chance with what's on the roster. Mm-hmm. Give that guy three or four weeks. Well, you know, you bring – you know, the point I would bring up is like the one thing about DTR, and I understand what they're doing with DTR and rolling him out there. You're going to give him some valuable experience going forward if he's successful, right? He is that you drafted him to be the backup to Deshaun Watson, right? Correct. So he's going to have that valuable. And Allie, you and I both know we went to a Browns game last year where Jacoby Brissett beat a Tom Brady football team in Cleveland, right? So it's not like, you know, he's going to be the savior to your point. No. Yeah. So Dustin, yeah. to your point about the, the experience that DTR was going to get at this point forward, right? Whether it's PJ, whether it's, it's DTR, the, the, inexper- or excuse me, the experience that they're going to get is invaluable. But w- what we're not talking about is the experience that they have had up until this point. Right. They are the only two. And I mean, more DTR than PJ. He came in several weeks into the season, but they are the only two quarterbacks in the national football league that have been in this organization that have taken reps with these players um, that know yeah. the verbiage, and and I think that is invaluable. Right. Just think about think about this: when a quarterback hasn't played with a team, they don't even talk about the quarterback's ability. You know what they talk about? The timing with the wide receivers. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How long do you think that's going to take? So for for people to just think you're going to pull a name, there's no plug off and the play. street no. because I promise you, if Nick Foles. Could play football. There's a couple of jobs out there, <laughs> right? You think you think you think uh, Bill Belichick wouldn't kick the tires on that, right? How about the Jets? Yeah. So stop. Like we got it. Like I get it. I I get it. I get it. But the reality of it is, is that where your team is, right? You have a better chance of being successful. With what you have in the locker room, you know, because guess what? I got to tell you, when I was a young player and somebody got hurt and I had to go in, you know who picked me up? The guys that I've been with for the last six months. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the case. If right. a new guy come in, right? They they know what that guy's going through. They've seen him play. They know what he's like. They know the wide receivers are going to say, you know what? Let's help him out. Right. Let, let's let's do that extra, you know, let's catch some bad balls. Let's do whatever we got to do. It, it just seems to me that that's where this team is right now with the confidence that they've been playing with at the most important positions of success, offense and defensive line. Mm-hmm. So so I like I 
for everybody to just say, like, and, and here's what I, I hate about sports. This is what I hate. If you guys get a new job, right, and somebody come in and you screw it up, you know what you say to them? I'm new here. Right? <laughs> we get we get into the NFL and you have two or three bad games, you suck forever. I'm like, hey man, two months ago I was playing in the Rose Bowl. Now I'm playing in the NFL. I might need a minute. But people don't have patience with that. No. So no, if you're there's right. anything, if there's anything that I've learned from my own experiences, right? Is that to say that a 21 or 22-year-old is ready to play against a 30 to 35-year-old grown-ass man, right? Let's give him a minute. Let's yeah. let him, let's yeah. give him a, a chance. It's called development for a reason, right? Very few guys go into the league playing their best football. Very few. Hell, look at Deshaun Watson. They wanted him to play wide receiver. And now he is the best passer of all the running backs that have ever, of all the running quarterbacks that have ever come into the league. The purest passer of all of them. Think about it. Name a better passer uh, with better completions, with fewer interceptions than Lamar Jackson that also runs for the amount of yards he runs for. Mm -hmm. See? So it took a minute. So I'm not ready to just, oh, DTR, he's telling me he can't do it. Dude, play, he, he ain't been in the league a year. Right? It is all about patience. And I think that's what us as fans and us surrounding the organi organization have to have as we go into this. Leroy, or get yeah. you one of these. There right? you go. There you go. Get you one of these. The <laughs> and, you, and then it won't matter. Uh, hey. Leroy, thanks for taking the time for us. We greatly appreciate it. It was great, great no talking to you. I know this is a, a difficult conversation and something totally yeah. unexpected, but we yeah. appreciate your candor yeah. here as we we uh, close uh, this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Leroy. Have a good night. That is Leroy Horde, and we are going to transition right away here uh, and bring on Jay Crawford, but before Crawford, excuse me, but before we do so, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Cleveland Furniture Company. Guys, if you like saving money, which I know I do, Head on over to Cleveland Furniture Company for all of your furniture needs. They buy in bulk, direct from the factories. They are a true locally owned and family business. So be sure to head on over to the Cleveland Furniture Company today. And this interview with Jay Crawford is brought to you from the couch. From the couch is brought to you by the Cleveland Furniture Company. Let's bring them on. We've got Jay Crawford. <laughs> Jay, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. I, I love that Leroy gets to be my warm-up act. <laughs> <laughs> well, he brings I gotta, the juice. He brings the energy. I, I got he a funny does that, yeah. I got a funny story, Jay. So I was texting him, and I told him we were going to have you on. He goes, that is my man. Jay is my guy. <laughs> and, so and Leroy is my guy. Yeah. He's, I know he comes on and does a weekly segment with you guys. So he was. Uh, he's like, oh, Jay's going to be a lot of fun. But he was uh, – what I love about Leroy, he's always fired up. He's ready to go. <laughs> and he is non-apologetic, and I kind of really appreciate that candor because sometimes people like to, as Ali and I, put the rose, the brown and orange rose-colored glasses on, right? And yeah. he just takes them off. <laughs> it says, and that's why hey, we is... like him so much on our show um, because you know fans want to hear. Uh, sometimes they don't want to hear the truth; they just want to hear the good news. 
And it's not always good news. And the one thing I like about Leroy is uh, <laughs> he doesn't hold back, man. He comes at you with both barrels. <laughs> and and the word you use is perfect. It's unapologetic. That's why he's perfect for our show. Um, you know, a, a, as you look at the roles uh, that are filled in our show, we've got, you know, the ultimate Kool-Aid guy and cheerleader and G. Bush. Um, and then, uh, you know, Adam isn't really the Browns fan. He's kind of given us the outside view from 30,000 feet. Mm -hmm. So Adam, the bull is, uh, he often tells it the way it is, but I think the one thing that I said before I decided to do this show was I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to be a cheerleader. I'm not going to be a Homer. Uh, there's going to be moments where I'm a fan for sure, but I'm going to tell it the way I see it might not be the way others see it, but, um, and I think that's why we work because we all come at it with a different uh, a different perspective. That's what this show's here for, too. We try to take our orange and brown colored glasses off, and it's hard sometimes. And, you know, to close with Leroy, we talk about patience and what we have to have as a fan base. And, you know, as we broadcast this show, you know, we, we're doing a show today that we didn't expect to have, Jay. And I want to get your yeah. perspective on this and what this means for the team going forward. I know that there's a lot of speculation out there on what the Browns organization is going to do to quote unquote, replace Deshaun Watson. And when I was talking to uh, Leroy, I said, you can't, just like Nick Chubb, you can't replace the player. Um, it's just going to be about pivoting. So just yeah. give me kind of your your um, your thoughts surrounding the situation and what this means for the team. Well, it's obviously a setback. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson still hasn't reached the level of play that uh, landed him in Cleveland when he was in Houston. I think we'd all agree on that. But I also think that he was getting close to that. Um, and it seemed like every half of football he played, he was inching closer and closer to it. If you take, I mean, he had a bad first half on Sunday. He had a bad first half two weeks ago, uh, but his second halves were great. And when you go back to the Tennessee game, which was uh, the last game before his injury, he played great. Um, so he was starting to become that guy, and now they've got to replace him. And look, I, I understand the next man up mentality, I also understand that, you know, the rhetoric that was coming from the Browns brass today and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski that, you know, we like the room still, that you just, you can't spit on me and tell me that it's raining. When, when you look at what we have there, um, and this isn't really a knock on the two guys. P.J. Walker is what he is. We knew what he was. Right. Um, he's a turnover machine. Uh, in his career, he's, he's thrown for six touchdowns. He's accounted for 18 turnovers. Um, that's the wrong ratio. That's going the wrong way. Uh, DTR unfair to judge him on his one start because he found out at 10 30, the morning of that Ravens game that he was going to be starting. He didn't prepare all week. Like he was the starter, like he will this time around. So I really don't want to judge him, um, too harshly for that. He had, you know, he was a spotless deer and he threw three interceptions and, and no touchdowns. And I think now, that you know that he's likely going to be the force that guides this team moving forward, you change everything that you're doing. Uh, you're, you're dumbing down the offense to the point where everything is short underneath stuff. And I know that's easier to stop than the over-the-top stuff, particularly when the te other teams know it's coming. But you got to do what you think is going to work. Look, our defense is a championship-caliber defense. I firmly believe right. that. So you don't have to ask the offense to do too much. I was in Tampa when Trent Dilfer was there and they had a championship caliber defense and Trent by no means was a great quarterback. Um, he turned the ball over a lot. His TD to interception <laughs> ratio was not good. Although the bucks never won it with Trent. Trent was 
uh, moved to Baltimore, where he came back to Tampa when the Super Bowl was in Tampa and led the Ravens to a championship season. And he didn't, he wasn't asked to do much. You know, I know Trent probably doesn't like this term, but he was a game manager. That's what we need. We need somebody. Look, Trent, all right, uh, DTR was 19 of 36. You know, it's not going to light the world on fire, but, you know, it's it's better than 50%. Um, you, you, what you have to take out of the equation is the turnovers. And I think that's fixable. So, if it, you know, I want to see him for the next three or four weeks. Hopefully, we'll see progression week to week to week. I, look, we, we beat San Francisco with P.J. Walker. So, no one's going to tell me that, this team can't still make the playoffs with DTR, who's going to become hopefully more confident and more proficient mm-hmm. as the weeks go on. I think we need to bring in another quarterback. Uh, as much as I love Leroy, uh, I, I just we just disagreed on this topic on today's show. He thinks you're fine and you're going to roll with what you have. Uh, I think you need a steady force, even if he doesn't hit the field, somebody that can sit down with DTR when the defense is on the field and show him what is going on on the field and slow things down for him. I know that, I know that that's what the coaches are there for, but sometimes you have to have one of your peers that are, that have been in that situation. And I would love it if they could bring in a veteran, we'll see which direction they go with it. But I do want to see what DTR can do. You know, he won this spot because of how he played in the preseason. I think he has it in him. Um, So let's give him a chance. Let's continue to get championship caliber play out of this incredible defense. I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh Sunday. I do. I I could be crazy, but I think we're going to win. Look, that's been the general vibe. And and with everybody I've talked to, they're kind of saying the same thing. Like, I've got this feeling, you know, we're going to beat Pittsburgh. And maybe you kind of embrace that adversity. But uh, I want to go back to DTR just a little bit. And he was put in an absolutely impossible situation. uh, His first start. Uh, against Baltimore and it's really hard to judge him off of that I do think that we're probably going in the right direction with starting him um, and surrounding a game plan uh, around his strengths and what he's able to do Uh, but I do want to talk about that third quarterback Andrew Barry did bring up in his press availability that look we're eventually going to bring somebody else in we need a third quarterback and I think that's that's obvious Um, is there anybody on the market currently that you know is there a name out there I, I know there's a ton of speculation right now uh, but to kind of filter through that, is there anybody that really entices you to come in and, and be that role? Or play Not that really. Role I mean, you know, in a, in a fantasy land, I would love for Tom Brady to come in here. <laughs> but that's not happening. Um, I, I would like, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was talked about a lot today. Yeah. You know, he was a guy that last year still, you know, as, as much as everybody wants to beat him up for what he did last year, he still completed 66% of his passes. And he still threw more touchdowns than interceptions. And so I think, I think Matt Ryan would be a guy if he'd be willing to step down from his broadcast booth at CBS, you know, I'd be willing to kick the tires on him. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. So even if he doesn't come in and take the job from DTR, I think here's a guy that could really help DTR navigate these backup waters and tell them what to expect and how to deal with the media and how to deal with the fans and how to deal with week in and week out preparation. You know, he's been there and he's done that. Nick was always, I thought most effective when he was coming off the bench. It seems whenever he won the job as the starter, he just 
woefully underperformed. Um, it was in that role of put the cape on and get in there, the building's on fire, and Nick seemed to catch every baby that they threw out of the building. So um, he's th there's only a few guys. I could I, Earl Morrill, you got to go way back to the 70s and the last time there was a perfect season in the NFL. The Dolphins lost Bob Greasy, and Earl Morrill came in and righted the ship and took them to a, to a Super Bowl championship. So th there's very few guys that I can think of off the top of my head that have done that. And because Nick is still, I think he's 36, 38, I don't know, he's somewhere in his 30s. Um, I know he hasn't been great in his last couple of stops, but he could be a guy that could provide that veteran sort of leadership that, um, that the Browns need, and particularly DTR needs right now. So, I mean, when you look at the combined experience of DTR and P.J. Walker, that's a daunting task to ask these guys mm -hmm. to get us to the playoffs now, particularly when All you're right. dealing with a, a championship-caliber defense. And guys like Miles Garrett uh, and Joel Batonio, they have to be looking around the room saying, our, our chances now are on you know, a couple of guys that just – I'm sure they're going to get behind these guys and rally behind them, but you know, I want a veteran in that room that can help sort of – steady the, the nerves uh, if it's DTR uh, uh, or if it's PJ Walker down the road. I don't know, but um, I don't know who, who are you guys tossing around? But, what names have you guys popped well, around? Well, I thought Colt McCoy has done such a great job as a career backup that he could bring in that veteran leadership and kind of steady the waters and be like, Hey, I've been here, right? Like, yeah. this is what you need to do. You were the backup. This is what you need to do when you're thrust into this role. And Colt right. McCoy's had to do that from multiple teams, the Cardinals, all these, he's been thrust into being the starter very much like DTR did uh, in that first game. But yeah, I mean, I would love, to, and I think I was, Leroy Hort disagreed with me as well. I was like, yeah, if we could bring in Tom Brady, you do it tomorrow. And I said, I didn't say this to him, but at least if you're Andrew Barry, I think you make the phone call. He can tell you politely no, but right. I think you make the phone call because you're like, hey, we're giving you a championship caliber defense. Yeah, I completely Amari agree. And if there's any like, player out there, if there's any player in the history of the sport that you're calling in that situation, it's Tom Brady. Um, so I, agree. I think he's, he's the obvious one. Now, I, I don't know that Colt McCoy entices me as much um, just because uh, – I he hasn't been a starter uh, outside of Arizona, and it's it hasn't been great. Um, I think that there's some other names that do intrigue me a little bit. Nick Foles is one of them. He he's shown that he can do this. Um, as you mentioned, Jay, a couple past couple of places, maybe it wasn't so good. Um, Cam Newton's on that list. Uh, I, I think he's he's more of a big personality. So, I mean, I don't know him personally, so I I can't speak to what that would be like in the locker room. Right. Um, but somebody, there's got to be somebody um, that that can just come in and just. As you mentioned, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be an on-the-field player, but somebody that's a voice um, that can yeah. guide ETR in the right direction, I think, is it's it's much needed. Yeah, I think that's probably what they're going to do. Well, I'm sure we'll find out this week. If I'm the Browns, I want this person in the building as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, if that's tomorrow, great. If it's Friday, great. Uh, the one thing that I'll say that the Browns have done well this year is when they were faced with a similar situation at kicker, um, they brought the right guy in. Like we we had debated names because we knew that Cade York was wasn't it. Um, when he started missing that, you know, when it becomes an epidemic, right. even in the preseason, um, you just realize pretty quickly 
he's got a damaged psyche at this point. And for a kicker, that's like a right arm for a quarterback. So right. when the psyche goes, you know that you've got to make a change. And we banted about a bunch of names. Um, one of them was Robbie Gold, who had a great year last year in San Francisco, and he's still out there. Um, and we were kind of critical that they didn't bring Robbie in and they went with a guy that really didn't have much of a track record. They hit that out of the park. I mean, Dustin Hopkins has been unbelievable. Uh, and the, the big the big knock on him was he wasn't good from 50 out. He, this guy's got a leg. He's been a machine. Well, so well, they nailed it, that. Well, it's funny. We had Matt Stover on the show, and he just happened to be the timing. He came on our show, and we did an interview with Matt Stover, and we were like, kicking in Cleveland is not easy. It's, it's, no. it's, it's, a, it's a daunting task. And he said, well, Dustin's from Texas. The wind blows in Texas all the time. And yeah. he's and like, we were both I, like, huh? <laughs> what about and Texas? He, and he goes, I know. He goes, I know. And, he goes, and he goes, you just have to kick into it and not be so finesse. You just have to kick through the wind. And he goes, just go at it. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I think Dustin will be just fine. And it was funny that he kind of had that foresight to know that, that he was going to be just fine. Cause Matt was from, you know, from Texas. So was yeah. Phil Dawson. And he was like, well, Dustin's from Texas. He'll, he'll be just fine. The wind always blows and he's been used to the kicking in the wind. And that's so. the beauty of kickers. Like there's so many nuances to kicking a football. When we sit down in our chair on Sunday and we watch the game, we always say you had one job, kick the ball through the upright. <laughs> but it's so when you talk in depth, and I've had a number of conversations with Phil about this, it, there's so much more to it. And particularly kicking in Cleveland, because it's not just kicking into a win. It's there's oftentimes crosswinds and you can't look at the flags yeah. on the uprights. You have there are certain places where there are flags at the stadium that Phil said, I need a flag there because that's going to tell me where the ball's going to go. And there's all those little nuances that kickers know about that the average fan does not. So, you know, they got the, they got the kicker thing right. And also, you know, in truth, I when, when Nick Chubb went down, I questioned whether or not they could get through. I figured they would sign Kareem Hunt, which they did, and that was a great move. But I questioned whether or not that was going to be enough. I still felt like they needed another back, and I thought mm. that they would do that at the trade deadline. It It's proven that they didn't need one, you know, that it's kind of been by committee. I look at what Kareem Hunt has brought to this team. He gets the tough yards. Uh, you know, he's he's been kind of a touchdown machine since he's come back. They're using Ford uh, as the horse in the system, and although he did have a bad game two weeks ago, I think people forget that he was coming off a high ankle sprain and came back way sooner than anybody, especially a running right. back, comes back from that injury. So I think I think last week was we're starting to see Jerome Ford now at 100%. So the Browns have made some pretty key assessments uh, at, wide, at, at running back and at kicker. And when the fan base was screaming, this isn't enough, you've got to do more, they got it right. Now, I still think they needed to do more at wide receiver. I, even though they're in the midst of a nice season, uh, this wide receiving core is not going to carry us on a playoff run. It just isn't. Um, Amari Cooper is a great number one. We don't have a number two. We, we right. really don't. And I think that ultimately that will end up being the Achilles heel of this team. They're going to go as far as that receiving core takes it. And I don't think that's more than one win in the playoffs. I could be wrong. I hope I am. But – you know, they've been right on a lot of these things. And I, I, I'm i going to let them make the decision before I'm critical of it. A lot of folks are saying, oh, why did they let Josh Dobbs go? 
there was nobody screaming. When they traded Josh Dobbs, nobody was saying a word. Nobody. That's true. Yeah. And it, particularly yeah. because the way DTR played in the preseason, we all saw right. it. And right. we all bought the hype. Yeah. We were like, this dude oh, yeah. is it. And yeah. then, you know, he he obviously wasn't it in his only start. I thought that I thought it was a mistake not to come back with him the next week. Give him a full week of preparation. Mm-hmm. And they yanked him. And my fear in that was you're gonna damage this young kid's psyche. You gave him one shot and now you're gonna bench him. So you basically told him when you traded Josh Dobbs, you're the guy. And you gave him one start in which you told him a couple hours before kickoff that it's your show, and he didn't perform. And by the way, it was against a very, very good defense. And now you're going to sit him down for a guy who had way more turnovers than touchdowns in his brief NFL career. So I thought that was a mistake. But, hey, look, if they get this right and he just gives us adequate play, we don't need him to carry the, the torch here. We just need them. Sometimes punts are good, you know. Interceptions, poison pill. They're dr- it's it's that's a game killer. Don't turn the ball over. If you're not sure of the completion, throw it away. Live to see another down. Play for another series. We've got a great punter and a great defense that sets up for a lot of 17 to 14 wins. This is exactly how we beat the 49ers. I think that formula. It's not sexy. It's not going to drive people crazy. Um, watching the game, we're not going to get all excited about that. And it's going to be frustrating, but you do what you have to do to win. And I think this team can do that. I think they can, I think they can, I think it's a race now to 10 or 11 wins. They've got six. If you get four out of the last, what do they have? Eight games left. Yep. Go 500 Um, in the stretch. Yeah. Go 500 and get in the playoffs and see what happens. Well, and you brought up a good point about, someone like DTR being thrown into the fire two hours before a game, right? Yeah. Not taking first team reps. And what's funny is a guy like Geno Smith, who's played an entire season, goes to the playoffs, goes into Baltimore and gets treated basically the same way DTR did. And they weren't ready to throw Geno Smith out. They just said, right. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens have a great defense and the, the Seattle Seahawks had a bad day. Yeah, you're going to have bad days against that defense, right? A lot, a lot of, teams of teams do. do. Yeah, And so it's interesting. I think that's an interesting point where you're like, they didn't give them that next opportunity. Like, look, we threw you into a mess. Next week you get the first team reps all week. Let's go and let's roll with you. And we might be in a, we, we might be in a better position now if we have, had done that and then had uh, Deshaun come back in. Because then he comes out this week and people are like, actually, he was fine. You know? So I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I have I have hopes that he's he may not light it up this week. Here's the beauty: uh, their offense isn't that good. I don't think it's going to take you know 31 points to win this game. I think 21 or maybe 17 will do it. The way our defense is playing and the way the Steelers' offense has performed, they're not going to light anybody up. So if the defense comes with their hard hats on and they hold Pittsburgh to 14 points. Now you're not asking a lot from yeah. DTR. You're asking him to hit open receivers, continue to grind the ball out on the ground. I thought they did a great job of that in Baltimore. You know, the run game can win football games, especially when you pair it with a great defense. So churn clock, possess the ball, play defense, 
And I really like our chances. And when you look at our remaining schedule, it's not a world beater. It's not, it's not filled with, you know, teams that we expect to come in here and, and to knock us off. So, you know, I, I do like our chances. I don't think it's all gloom and doom. And, um, you know, I, look, I could be wrong. If the DTR goes out there and stinks it up and we lose by two touchdowns, then my finger will get closer to the panic button. But right now, well, I think we're okay. Well, you know, it's funny is Vegas only changed the line by two points. It went from four and a half to two and a half. And that told me that, to your point, this defense is playing at such a cal- championship caliber level. They know the Browns are going to be in every game this year, no matter who the quarterback is. And to your point, as long as that quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to be in all these games, right? Because it's just going to come down to possessions. And we I just beat think the that's 49ers with PJ Walker, you know? Right. So. so I guess that brings me to a quick point here. You know, the Browns have faced adversity every single week of the season, you <laughs> seems, know, realistically, yeah. it, it seems that way. Um, but, you know, with the struggles of Deshaun Watson early, we were very vocal on this podcast and said, hey, he doesn't have to go out and be a hero. You don't have to play hero ball, just be a distributor. You know, you've got yeah. so many playmakers, whether it's David Njoku, Amari Cooper. Um, at that time, you had Nick Chubb, um, you know, Jerome Ford. You have, you have so many high caliber offensive skill position players just get the the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And I think that that same mentality holds true Jay for whether it's DTR or PJ Walker, you don't have to go out and be the hero, be a distributor of the football and put the focus and emphasis on your defense. That's it. You know, defense wins championships. And I know that there's been a swing in the NFL over the last 10 years to quarterback play and offense, but I also think in the last two years, the pendulum has sort of swung back. Um, We don't really have a whole lot of juggernaut, high-powered offenses. We thought that the Chargers were going to be that. I mean, they've got Austin Eckler, and you know he's so diverse, and we thought, oh, this team's going to put up 35 a game. I know the Bengals have been dealing with some injuries at with Burrow and, and now some wide receivers. We thought that they were in that juggernaut category. We thought Buffalo was in that juggernaut category. We thought Kansas City was in that juggernaut category. They've all looked very human this year. And so I think that there's been a shift in resources league-wide. I think the past was you've got to have this franchise quarterback and a passing game. And I think, you know, when, when the offenses zig, NFL front office has said, okay, we've got to bolster our defense. We need to put more of our resources into high picks in the defensive backfield and particularly the defensive front. And so what we've seen is the quarterback play, the great quarterback play of the Manning and Brady era, which seemed to be transitioning into the Mahomes and this modern day quarterback era. It just seems like it's hit a bit of a speed bump and our, we're well positioned to take advantage of that. Our defense, remember, was built because we looked around and we said, we've got Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow in our in our division, and they aren't going anywhere. So right. we better beef up our defenses. And I think Andrew Barry has done that. So that, that's good for us. That's That's really good for us. We don't have to beat Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and even Miami in shootouts, we can force them to score, you know, 17 or fewer, then the ask on us is a lot less offensively. So 
you know, I again, I, I know that the mood the mood today was one of despair and it kind of felt like a funeral. And I, I will admit when I first heard the news, it took the wind out of my sails immediately. Oh, yeah. But as I've thought more about it as the day has gone on and you sort of process where they are, I, you know, and, and that, that point is a great point that you mentioned about the Vegas line. Vegas is usually right. They're, they're, they're right more than they're wrong. And that's, the how they keep that the, this, this, that's how they keep the lights on. And build, and build you know, 30-story uh, casino hotels made right. out of marble and very expensive materials. They're right. doing that on the backs of our losses. When we get, yeah. we don't know what Vegas knows. So the right. fact that that line has only shifted two points, I know. I think I think that tells you. And again, they're looking at it too. They said, "Well, this team is the same team that stopped this high-powered San Francisco 49ers team." And the way that I explained how we have to get things done moving forward, that's exactly the way we beat the the, the 49ers. We got into more of a shootout with Baltimore, but that's because the circumstances dictated it. We blinked and we were down 14 nothing. Correct, yeah. Um, so, you know, our defense sort of, same thing against Seattle. You know, it was, it was, it, it felt like, oh my God, this game's out of control and it's eight minutes old. But then the defense really clamped down and, you know, of all the losses that we've had, I know we've had a couple of wins that we probably, that could have been losses. But man, that Seattle game is just oh. driving me nuts now because as much as it hurt in the moment, if you're seven and two right now, you're asking DTR to get you three, maybe four wins out of the last eight. That's easier. completely doable, especially when you look at some of the teams that we have on our schedule. Um, and I know we probably stole one against San Francisco and some would say maybe even Indianapolis. But God, if you're seven and two, um, it's a completely different ball game, but it is what it is, you know. Well, as I say, I was at that game, Jay, with uh, Larry with uh, Lorello Vineyards, and we were sitting there. And as soon as that play happened, I'm like, we came back in that game all the way to the end, and we were playing bully ball in that fourth quarter. I'm like, we're going to win this thing. And yeah. then when that happened, I'm like, oh well, now the twelfth man's back in this game. You literally let the twelfth man in Seattle yeah. back into this football game, and I'm like, I left that game. With just like you said, that just pit in your stomach, like, and the fans looked at us and they're like, "You should have won this game." I'm like, "Yeah, you think? Like you we beat you?" For, yeah. Before the play, I was watching with a group of uh, baseball teammates. We were playing in a tournament in Florida, and we were all at a Browns bar, and we were watching. And I said before the play, "This is very simple. If we run the ball, we win. If we throw the ball, we lose." And everybody was like, that's kind of dramatic. And I said, there's, there's no reason. First of all, you're going to stop the clock on an incompletion. I, I punt the football and make them go 90 yards against that defense. I still can't believe that they made that decision and that play call in that spot. As much as I like Kevin Stefanski and as smart as I think he is, sometimes... I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, I'll never understand the play calling in that situation. It's well, four, it's, you know, it's third and three, run the ball, and I'm okay with not getting the first down. I really am. If the, you know, the worst case scenario there is you have to punt and you make them go eighty. Um, if if you're Seattle, you know, they, they're not happy with that decision. Instead, we give them the football. And almost plus territory, and we all saw what happened. 
Well, and I think you don't do that with that quarterback, more importantly, with a P.J. Right. Walker. Right. Yeah, maybe I mean, if you want to call that play with your veteran, maybe. But not for a guy who's got six touchdowns and 18 turnovers in his brief NFL career. You, you've got to know your personnel. You've got to understand the situation. And I just, <laughs> I don't get it. But even with that, even sitting here at six and three, I still think there's a clear path. I really do. Yeah. Well, hey, Jay, we appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time for us. This is great. We of learned course. a lot. It was great talking to you. Tell our listeners where they can find you. So we do the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show every Monday through Friday. It's a YouTube show. Um, it's very easy to find. You can type either into a navigation bar or a search bar, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, or just UCSS. It's going to come up. Our YouTube page will come up. Um, hit subscribe. Um, we noticed that this is really bizarre, but um, about half of our views come from out of the state of Ohio. I mean, as you guys know, the fan base is not just nationwide. Correct. We have regular daily visitors or uh, watchers from uh, from India, Australia, England. There's like seven countries. These people interact with our chat room every day on the show. We've got a guy that watches us at like three in the morning, New Zealand time. It's it's just Crazy. bananas to me. So yeah, you can get us with the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, we're at a five day a week show. We also do a post game show, which starts at the two minute warning of every football game, whether it's a Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. Um, and I'm really enjoying doing the show. It's a lot of fun, particularly in football season. And, uh, I, I encourage all Browns fans to check us out. We appreciate it. We'd yeah, love to have you. you back. We'd love to have you back, Jay. You're great. Yeah. Thanks, Absolutely Jay. guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Go, Go Browns. Browns. Take care. Go Browns. Thank you. That is Jay Crawford. Um, that was a lot of fun. You know, I think this was a jam-packed show. Oof. We learned a lot. We talked a lot. And again, this is a show that we didn't really anticipate doing. Um, Danny, sorry. You know, we we are a show by the fans for the fans. So we do interact with the fans. Um, this show is jam-packed with three interviews. So sorry that we didn't get to any of your comments. But we do appreciate you tuning in. We understand we're not for everybody. So if you didn't enjoy today, that's okay. Uh, but we do appreciate you tuning in. Um, Dustin, that interview was brought to you by our good friends over at Cleveland Furniture Company. Why don't you tell our listeners about Cleveland Whiskey and where they can find that? Well, Cleveland Whiskey, you know, this week, Cleveland fans might need a little Cleveland Whiskey. Uh, but yeah. uh, get, get that at your uh, local uh, Ohio liquor stores or go to uh, clevelandwhiskey.com or ask for it in your right local now. establishments. Right now. Uh, uh, look Look at it, you know, look for that in any of those establishments. And if they don't have for it, ask for it. Um, and Ali, you know, that was such a great interview. Like, I know we didn't get to dive into what he has done in his career, but um, for him to have hosted Cold Pizza, which then turned into First Take with Stephen A. Smith, and then to host the noon edition of actually uh, um, the noon edition of, of Sports Center, he has been full circle in the sports community and who he's interviewed and, uh, you know, to come back home and do on WKYC and him, you know, I mean, like he eat, lives and breathe it and sees it. And, uh, I was talking to Hanford today. He goes, don't, I can't talk to you today, Dustin. I, I need a day. <laughs> so I was like, I get it. I get it. Cause it's, it's a lot to take in as Browns fans. And like I told you, I woke up this morning going, huh? That's the Browns app sending that out. And usually a breaking story does not come from the team. It's usually ESPN and then I was like, oh, this is actually coming from internally in the building. And they've known about this for 24 hours. And they're uh, controlling the narrative, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think, you know, Ian Rappaport, all those guys got it first 
from Cleveland. And that stuff usually leaks out, by the way, Allie. It doesn't stay under the hood like that. So I thought that was very interesting that they came from the actual organization this morning. Um, Allie, what did you did you get to listen to any of Andrew Barry's uh, presser today at all? Or, did, or do yeah. you have an opinion? What was your opinion on the overall? I know he had to go out there and put his best foot forward. And I agree with Jay. You can't go out there and say we're comfortable with the room. Like, you can't tell me that. Like, I almost was like, like, I rolled my eyes like, okay, I get what you're doing here. You're trying to calm the waters. But what was your overall take from the from the press today? Uh, look, I think everybody's in a, in a really difficult position here. And I know as leaders of the organization, they've got to be ready for anything that's thrown at them. Um, they've got, yeah. They have to have contingency plan upon contingency plan. Um, and, and do I think that Andrew Barry is going to come out and say, hey, we're calling Tom Brady tomorrow? No, of course not. <laughs> um, I think that, that everybody, this is a shock to everybody. Yeah. And it's it's normal for well, us a as shock fans. To, a shock to Deshaun Watson when he got the MRI yeah. back, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's tough, right? And, and I don't think that anybody was in a great position to get on and speak of it today. Um, unfortunately, it is what it is. And it's next man up mentality. And I, I hate saying that it's, it's so cliche, but unfortunately that's, that's the case. So I don't really know what to make of it yet. I think this is so fresh that we all need time to kind of digest this a little bit and, and really kind of grasp it because this was out of nowhere. This wasn't the ankle that we thought, you know, as David mentioned early in the show um, that, you know, we thought he was going to be out with an ankle situation and then right. turn around and it's, it's the shoulder. So I think this was a shock to a lot of people and probably within the organization. So really, really tough situation overall. Yeah. And I think this is a team that um, here's what I think is very interesting. This is a team that could Mm -hmm. have packed it in a long time ago. And uh, like I brought up against when I was talking, when Leroy was on, this team is really galvanized around themselves as a unit. Like they all have each other's back and it seems like no matter who's in there, like, I mean, think about it. You lose Conklin and you put a rookie right tackle in there and he starts performing great you know what i mean like so again it's very interesting to me you know and and by the way that's a great comment just to get on a sidebar uh he in the modern era has you know the best uh record after a loss like i mean like i know everybody wants to throw kevin stefanski out but again i think this is really going to test the coaching of the offensive line Kevin Stefanski, um, Schwartz, this isn't going to change his mindset at all. He's going to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, and you know what's interesting, Allie? You're right. The schedule in front of us isn't daunting. For some of our other teams in the conference, it is daunting down the stretch. Mm-hmm. The, and I think you can get to 10 and 6. The, you're just ha- yeah, you're asking them to go 500. And I think they could even do better than that. So I don't think, but, you know, you're in the playoffs. That's a whole other level, right? How yeah. far do you get in the playoffs? And I know I don't want to have that attitude. Well, there's always next year. I don't want to have, I don't even want to think about that. Here's the thing. Get to the playoffs. Um, it is interesting. Uh, David brought up, this is about a six to eight week injury uh, for a full heel. If we made the playoffs, I mean, is there even a possibility that Deshaun could come back in the playoffs? Is I mean, is that, I mean, if you win a playoff game, is that even a, a likely scenario i wonder you know yeah. if it's if it's healed you know i don't know but i, just yeah, thought that was I think i think we're all it, it's just a tough situation and overall and unfortunately nobody's going to have the answers today this is so fresh so um hopefully we we do learn more this week 
um, you know, as it pertains to the organization yeah. and, and what they're going to do, whether it's high level um, bringing somebody in or just hearing about how practice is going with DTR. So uh, yeah. a lot to come on that front, but real quick, guys, uh, whether it is sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs or senior housing, KND, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio has a perfect home for everyone. KND is your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and also corporate housing. Find your dream home at KND. Visit KND.com to get started. That is the letter K, the word and the letter D.com. All right, let's get into it as we close. We are going long tonight, uh, but that's okay. We had a jam-packed show. Let's get into our picks. Uh, Dustin, you'll be pleased to know you beat me last week. So that's tied? exciting. We are, are we, we are tied. We are tied. Us and our damn ties. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Tomorrow night, Bengals at Ravens. Big divisional game on Thursday night football. I think we, Danny, we are interacting with you, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what else we can do here. If, if, if our show is not for you, it's not for you. That's okay. That is okay. Um, um, go ahead. Baltimore would, versus Cincinnati. Here's what I feel. Uh, I feel that maybe we expose the Ravens a little bit. The both teams are coming off a loss. I think the Bengals squeak out a win. I'm going to go with the Bengals squeaking out a win. I, I think. I think I agree with you. All right, uh, let's turn it over to another divisional game: Steelers Browns. What do you got? Browns, uh, and I think it's just, and I think this is a a bully game for the Browns to get back at Nick Chubb going down and winning one for Chubb this weekend. I think that they're going to really rally around their situation, and that's going to have a lot to do with it as well. It, yeah. It's a it's a rivalry game. Browns, Raiders at Dolphins. 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 Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Bears at Lions. Lions. Lions are good. Lions, Lions are tough. Lions are tough. Titans at Jags. Man, the Jags didn't look so hot this last weekend. And I kind of called no, that. No, they did I not. Thought, I thought the and the, and Niners did what I thought they were going to do. Um, I think the Jags bounce back here. I think they got to get a win. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, I think at home against the Titans, Titans don't impress me too much. Uh, give me the Jags. I think they bounce back. Chargers at Packers. Man, the Packers pissed me off on Sunday. They so had that <laughs> game. God, they had the Steelers and then they didn't. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Packers. I'm going to go Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers here. Um, it's at it's at Lambo, right? Correct. It is. It yeah. is. I'm just not sold. I'm I'm not sold on either team, but I'm gonna go with the with the Chargers. Cardinals at Texans. Texans. Tough team. CJ's playing great. I'm going yeah. Texans here as well. Cowboys at Panthers. Cowboys. Cowboys. Giants at Commanders. 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 Giants. Commanders are... played a hell. Of, Commanders played another hell of a football game this they weekend. Did. Came up short. I, yeah. you know, I think they're secretly tough. You know, I think that they're an yeah. underrated team right now. Uh, you know, if they get a couple well, they got more a good pieces coach. over the next season. Yeah, they got a good coach. You know. Yeah. Bucks at Niners. <laughs> Niners. Niners. Jets at Bills. Jets at. I don't know what the hell happened to the Jets. Or I mean the Bills. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bills have to bounce back in this game. I'm yeah. gonna go Bills. I'm gonna Bills go Bills five. Yeah, Bill's got to figure it out. Um, have to. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks. 
Seahawks, yeah. Uh, Vikings at Broncos. Vikings. Josh Jobs. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust the Broncos for anything. <laughs> but they but they went they went on the by the way, that's a difficult thing. They went all the way to they Buffalo did, yeah. and won. Like that's crazy. And here's the thing. Are the Denver Broncos figure themselves out? You have to ask that, right? Or the Denver is Denver figuring themselves out? It's a tough one, I know. It is. I think for the sake of it, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Um, I just still don't trust the Broncos. And last but not least, uh, last but not least, excuse me, this is a game: Eagles at Chiefs, Monday Night Football. Eagles at Chiefs. Uh, you know, I'm going to go Eagles on this, and I'm going to go. I feel like the Eagles are a little bit better team, and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of revenge. Uh, hangover from the Super Bowl. They want to prove themselves. Eagles win a close one. I agree with you. So our only difference is Chargers at Packers. So that's it. Right. We've got one game that we got to pay go attention pack, to. Go Pack, go, go Pack, go. <laughs> yeah, Jason, it's been a, it's been a long show. Uh, it's been a really long show, but that's okay. Allie, we'll why don't we on. tell why don't we tell our friends about our great cruise and let's uh, uh, say seeing you not. Yeah. Get out, get yeah well, well, first we got it. We got to talk about our friends at Angelo's Pizza. So be sure to head on over yes. to Lakewood, get your hands on the best pizza in all of Northeast Ohio. They do it right. They start out with a buttery, crispy crust, uh, and it's great in in the restaurant at home. Even just as great the following day. Uh, and let's get into it, Dustin. We're headed on uh, a cruise to the Caribbean. Why don't you tell our listeners about That's it? That's right. Uh, March 11th, we're going to Jamaica and the Bahamas, guys. Enjoy us. Go to brownsfancruise.com now to book your room. Enjoy 17 alumni that will be joining us on this wonderful cruise. March 11th, go out there and enjoy the cruise. Ali and I will be doing some great things from the ship, some interactive stuff. And then, of course, we'll obviously be doing stuff from the islands. But, hey, come join us. Come join the Browns fans and the alumni for a great week out on the sea. There you have it. Uh, this long show, Dustin. Al, you know what, Al? Hey, hey, Allie, guess what, though? You didn't have to do it by yourself, like a two-hour episode like you did done that one that. time. Been there, done <laughs> that. Was it fun? Been there, hey, but you know what? That. But it went by fast because the guests were great. Uh, shout out to David for his first take at the medical minute. I think he nailed it. Just putting it out there, not being biased, but I think he did a good job. Just putting it out there. Look forward I am to being more. biased, but I also think he did a good job. No, he did a good. And, and you know what? You would tell him if he needed to work on something. Like I you would tell him that too. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think that'll be fun, guys. We think this is a part of our show that we wanted to expand and bring a new element to the actual uh, show. Um, because it seems like every week a player is getting injured. So what the hell? Let's have a medical minute. Just kidding. Um, but no, I think it's really important for the fans to give them a different perspective and angle to what that really means uh, when it comes to medical and what, you know, to Leroy's point, you can't rush somebody back. It's a real injury. It's a real, yeah. it's a real thing. And you have to heal that uh, body to make sure it can play for, because for a human, like you or I to get injured, Allie, right? Like we're just going back to work. This is somebody that's got to play a position and get Correct. hit, get we hit are violently. We're back to work at our desk. We're not getting yes. We are not getting we're, we're not getting hit violently in a football game, right? At the no, highest level, no. right? Exactly. So it so. is. It is vastly different, guys. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, this was this was quite a long show, but it was a lot of fun. We got to talk to a lot of great guests. We launched a new segment. Um, so I apologize for going a little bit long, uh, but thanks everybody. For tuning in all the way to the end. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns.